You just heard Santa Gold with Nickel Creek and the tallest man on earth before that here on Portland Radio Project on 99.1 and streaming on our site, prp.fm. I'm Jenna D, and we have a little treat for you today. Our local favorite, Star Over Blue, are here at the studio. They are here to promote their show at the Doug Fur this Thursday and play some live tunes for us here and now. Welcome Kendall Sally, Dirk Mylots, Mil- uh, and Kyle Polensky. <laughs> I knew I'd mess that up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks so much for stopping by, guys. Thank you for having us. All right. <laughs> we have a fair amount of your tunes embedded in our Fresh Vibe format, where we feature artists who create outside of the traditionally defined genres and steer more towards cross-pollination of musical styles and sounds and we feel you exemplify that perfectly so yeah thanks again for being here with us (laughs) thank you that's really nice Uh, yeah so as i understand it kendall uh you and dirk have been making music for over 12 years and i always enjoy hearing origin stories so how did you both meet and start performing together that's a great question yes it's been well over a decade at this point uh dirk and i met back in college at san jose state Uh, We were both in choir our first semester, and I think we ran into each other in the hallway when I think we were both lost in the building. Uh, We both could not find the exit, and we were walking through the halls, and I think we kept like passing each other. And (laughs) so that was kind of when we met. Um, And then I, I think it was our first semester there, I posted bandmates wanted flyers all over the San Jose State Music Building. And Dirk was one of the first people to respond to the ad. (laughs) He was very enthusiastic. Um, And yeah, so he he responded. He told me he actually played bass, which was kind of a lie. Uh, But that was one of the (laughs) positions I was looking to fill. So he's like, cool, I play bass. I was like, all right, great. And um, at the time I was playing keyboard, which I do not do anymore because I'm not a keyboardist. And uh, basically what happened was Dirk watched me play keyboards very poorly for the first like three or four months of being in the group before he told me he was a classical pianist. And from that point on, I did not play the keyboards anymore. Um, I switched over to the tenor guitar and he took over the keys. And that's kind of been the route that we've taken. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it was favorable. You guys are where you are now. You just got off tour. That's amazing. So Star Over Blue as a band name. I always also love the origin stories behind those. So yours comes from kind of an obscure uh, literary reference. Tell us about that. Yeah, Dirk, do you want to take that? Here. Um, well, yeah, no, it's really just from reading a lot of um, Nabokov. Um, yeah, from Pale Fire. Yeah, from Pale Fire. Uh, Star over refers to a guy that was an astronomer in Pale Fire, and we're really into like space and sci-fi in general. So, yeah, um, yeah it was I just mean, a cool name we came across more than anything, and the reference to astronomy in general. Yeah, I remember um, we were we were in our old apartment in San Jose, and he was just reading and at the time we were thinking we wanted to make a big change with the group and he was on the couch and I was in the kitchen. He's like, I found it. I found the name. He was reading through pale fire. And, um, yeah, right. When he said, I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's it. (laughs) Nice. So that's what we stuck with. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I know that your initial work has been kind of referred to as an offshoot of quote unquote indie folk. Mm -hmm. Um, and when and why did you decide to go kind of a more experimental route? I think it probably happened when uh, we we had like a big lineup shift probably, I want to say like seven or eight years ago now. And um, we brought on, uh, it was back when we got our San Jose drummer, Gerald, and, um, and our bassist, Max, and our guitarist from down there named Joel. And they just brought all these completely different elements, uh, 
that we had never we had never played with musicians that were into like psych rock and um Gerald played a lot of jazz and was into a lot of kind of mathy stuff um and I think that really helped sort of redefine the sound and I think also around that time that was when you switched over to the Dirk got the Juno 106 synthesizer um and at first I was like I don't want to use this this is like I don't want to do synth music it's this is wrong and I was like totally against it and he was like whatever and he bought it anyway (laughs) and I I came home uh from work one day and he was playing and I was like oh my gosh like that's actually amazing (laughs) so yeah he uh that was his intuition on that one and so I think the combination of those things is what sort of redefined the sound um and yeah those those musicians that we got on for that iteration of the lineup they just brought totally different perspective totally different skill set and it allowed us to do some kind of more interesting um textural stuff as well as like playing with time signatures more Mm -hmm. and i think that's what sort of led us away from just the real kind of basic like indie folk sound that we started in yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the stuff, are, I guess, more popular music nowadays is just common time, 4-4. Four, four, and mm-hmm. occasionally there's like a waltz 3-4. So mm-hmm. it's good to have that variety. And I'm glad you guys are bringing that. We like we like 7 a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Dirk's like classical piano thing. It's just, I feel it comes probably more second nature to him than me. But I feel like playing with, with him and having just you know, him bring those like weird elements. It's like those, those types of rhythms are now like in my brain. So it's impacted the way that I write too. So yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. So I've also got to say, I'm fascinated by the intricate and contrasting themes you've tackled in your albums, lyrical and compositional content, as we can see. So like there's sci-fi, tech, dystopian content and Space Geist, your Mm -hmm. concept album, your previous album, and really well done storytelling and seemingly kind of mundane lyrical content in your newest album, Ordinary Magic. Mm -hmm. What was it like transitioning through those kinds of storytelling and songwriting? That's a cool question. I think, um, yeah, I think, I mean, you described Space Guys perfectly. We we wanted to make a record that was like um, painting this kind of big sci-fi dystopian soundscape. Um, and we were living in Silicon Valley at the time. And, um, you know, obviously that's like the, the technology hub of the world, basically. Yeah. And so I think that kind of influenced our thinking there. And just, you know, it was their kind of themes woven into that one about like dependence on technology and, you know, just imagining like what things are going to look like when, you know, we just we already can't tear ourselves away from our devices and things and just kind of thinking of it from that perspective and then, you know, mixing in with, with space imagery and all that. Um, and I think for ordinary magic, we really shifted away with it. Um, the, the lyrics on this one are more based on conversations that, um, we had over the the past couple of years with friends and family. So instead of this big, like outward, um, story, like kind of like a, it's it's more personal than global, I think, and sure. um, yeah, their their lyrics, a lot of them are are based on pretty intimate conversations with people that are close to us, and just a totally different approach. So in a sense, it's still a concept album, but it's it's much more, um, I think, intimate is the word I would use. Nice, and we'll hear uh, some samples of that in just a hot minute here. Yeah. Uh, one last question: It wasn't until 2016 that you relocated from Portland to San Jose, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. What was that transition like from the different music scenes? Um, oh, it was a it was a really big difference. I mean, Dirk and I had been coming. Um, so we lived in San Jose for I think over probably over eight years, and um, we came for like six years in a row. We came to Portland for Music Fest Northwest for our anniversary, um, mm-hmm. and so. 
uh, yeah, we just we got a taste of all the clubs here. We hopped around from Doug Fir to um, to Pioneer Square. Yeah, when Music to, Fest Northwest used to do like all around. Yeah, the when city, it was like right? with all the different venues, it was amazing. So you got to see the whole city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we and that's that's how we fell in love with Portland. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what happened was um, we kept coming back here, and we said like we have to live here someday. And um, around the end of 2015, um, we had the opportunity to do that. So. We, you know, we sort of packed everything up. We we tried to relocate the whole group, but it ended up just being the two of us. And uh, yeah, we came up here. We got our first practice space, one of the Puddle Town Studios, and then um, Kyle over here, and then our drummer, who's not here today. Um, they were actually, I think, the first guys we auditioned, and we fell in love with them pretty much right away. Yeah. So they Amazing. made our life easy. We didn't have to go through some like super rigorous. Which would be um, really hard in San Jose because yeah, yeah, they just there really are good musicians here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a lot more musicians here, a lot more talent, but um, yeah, we just got very lucky. We really love our bandmates and. Um, yeah, I think I think the primary difference, though, uh, between San Jose and here, San Jose, one of the reasons we left as a band was because they don't have mid-sized clubs where you can, you know, there's just not opportunity to like open for a bigger touring band um, or just to kind of rise up yourself in the local scene. It's just very, very limited on the venue front. And here we have, I can't, I don't even know how many venues we have, but you can go out any night of the week and see live music and it's going to be cool. Chances are it's going to be cool. Mm. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's just totally different culture that's very based on art and music as opposed yeah, to... more DIY stuff. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> yep. love it. Yeah. That's really awesome to hear, guys. Um, so how about we get to a few songs? Yeah. Um, you guys want to set up and I'll... Uh, yeah, so they're going to play acoustic renditions of Mother and the howl makes no sound. So let's take a minute to get set up here. All right.
Thank you. And now this one is The Howl Makes No Sound here on Portland Radio Project. This is Star Over Blue.
that was The Howl Makes No Sound by Star Over Blue here on Portland Radio Project. And you just heard a live performance from them. Uh, this is Jenna D. And if you enjoyed this performance and would like to see what they're like in person, you can win a pair of tickets to see Star Over Blue with their guests, The Fourth Wall and Small Million, this Thursday, the 5th at the Doug Fur. Just text the keyword Star Over to 971 232 3343. Again, that's 971-232-3343 with the keyword star over, exactly as it sounds. Thanks again to Kendall, Dirk, and Kyle of Star Over Blue. And to take us out, they have one more for us titled Parlor Trick. Take it away, guys. Thanks. Okay. Hold on a little tuning break. <laughs> Make sure we're all fresh. No worries. Give the listeners the best. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I sang this early in the morning, probably back in college for like early morning classes. It was definitely like high school choir for me, I get it. Yeah, you know the feeling. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. (laughs) 